0: You have probably heard this term before launch, runway. But what no one can give you is a straight answer as to what specifically that is. On today's episode, I am breaking down what it is, why it is so important, and exactly what it means so you don't want to miss it. I'm Jess. After launching dozens of courses and generating multiple six figures in revenue online, I have learned the right and wrong way to launch an online course. And in the last two years, I have helped my friends and clients generate more revenue with less stress using my aligned launch formula. On this podcast, I'm sharing with you my simple strategies and systems so you can make more money online and make a bigger impact on the world. Keep listening for the Launch Fix Podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Launch Fix Podcast. In case you are new, my name is Jess and I am the host of this awesome show. I am so excited to chat with you today all about launching like I do every week. And today's episode really is inspired by a question I get all the time. So many people come to me asking about the launch runway. And so I am breaking it down, telling you everything I know and really helping you understand how specifically to implement a launch runway into your next launch so that you can get even better results. But before I get too far into that, I want to shout out our listener of the week, We just started sharing some of our favorite reviews of the show as the listener of the week. So to this week's listener of the week is Coach Steph C. Coach Steph C. left us a review and she says, Jess is all about mindful strategy in business and breaks things down easy to understand with action steps to implement. Thank you for sharing such great work. Thank you so much, Steph, for saying that. And you know what? You are welcome. I am so excited to share these steps and really implementable strategies for you because I think that so much of marketing is kept in the high level, in the dark area. And the more that I can empower people to really take on their marketing and feel empowered by their marketing, the more money that everybody can make. So I'm super excited to break this episode specifically down into digestible chunks so that you can take action on this strategy and really see results with it in your own business. So by the way, Steph, if you are listening, make sure you send me a DM on Instagram at O'Connell underscore, because I have a special surprise for you and I cannot wait to share. By the way, if you are listening and you are thinking, oh, I want a special surprise, I want to be featured as the listener of the week, it is super easy. Just go to thelaunchfixpodcast.com, all one word, and click on the reviews to leave us five stars and share your Biggest takeaway of the show. And if you leave us your Instagram handle, I will even shout you out and share your name on my Instagram. So go ahead to the launchfixpodcast.com. I love hearing your feedback and sharing it with other listeners. It's a great way for the show to be found on iTunes. So I appreciate you leaving a review and let's dig into the launch runway. This is such a juicy topic, and so many people who are high up in the marketing world right now are talking about the power of the launch runway. It's so important to have a long runway. The longer the runway, the bigger the launch, and yet they never really explain what the heck that means. Is it just time between launching? Does it just mean like, Hanging out for a couple months and not launching back to back? Is that what that means? But what am I supposed to be doing? Okay, I know that I'm supposed to be warming people up, but what do you mean by that? And these were all questions that I had before I fully understood this process. And so now that I've been using launch runways as like the secret sauce to scaling my launches. I am excited to break down what exactly this means, why it is so important, and what specifically you can do in between your launches to really maximize your results. So, the first time that I did this was with one of my very first offers that you've heard me talk about before, which was the Booked Out Bootcamps offer. The first time I launched this was in May of 2019. I launched it again in September of 2019, and that was my $8,000 launch. And then I launched it again a year later in September of 2020, and it was a $47,000 launch. So what changed? And I get this question a lot because you might think like, well, you grew your audience, but that isn't that true, honestly, because I stopped marketing that offer for almost a year. After that September launch, I really started to pivot in a new direction and serving a different audience. So it wasn't like I spent that time just building up that audience with a freebie. It was way more strategic than that, and it isn't something that necessarily takes a lot of time. And this is something that I think is misconstrued when you hear a launch runway is you think it has to take a lot of time. And yeah, time helps. It gives you some more space to do this, but time is not the only factor. And the reason I know this, and the reason you probably know this, is that some of the biggest names in marketing have launch runways that, yes, are very long if you zoom out, but the majority of people who come into their launch runway convert in a very short amount of time. And a great example of this is James Wedmore, who is one of my mentors. He has about a year-long runway. He starts promoting his program, Business by Design, as soon as the doors close. He starts getting people on the wait list for the next launch. And he only launches it once a year. But most people who buy his program, or at least I've talked to quite a few of them, and I fall into this category too, come into his launch just weeks before the doors open, if not days. And so it's not that everybody has to sit on the fence for a full year in order to join your program. It's not necessarily about the amount of time they're on your runway. It's about the effectiveness of that runway that really makes the difference. Another great example of this is my mentor, Brandon Lucero, who you heard me talk all about last month during his launch for his program, The Video 4X Effect. I joined his launch just weeks before it happened over a year ago, and his launch mechanism alone, his video series, was enough for me to say, yep, I am in. So what is the difference? What is it that lets some people warm people up in just a few days, where some people seem to have people sitting on their list for months and months and months, if not years, without ever purchasing? What's the difference? And if you're going to the place of like, well, they have millions of followers, or well, they're wildly successful, are they wildly successful because of this, or Is their success the reason why their launches are successful, right? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? That's what I want to talk about today because anybody can implement a launch runway strategy that converts people from icy cold to red hot in just a few weeks. It does not have to take a lot of time to do this. But if you don't do it strategically, you'll end up with people sitting on your list for months and months and months or even longer without ever getting off the fence to purchase your program. And that's what I want to talk about today. How do you get people off the fence and into your offers? And how do you build out a launch runway that's incredibly effective at warming people up in a short amount of time? So the first thing I wanna talk about is what is a launch runway? To use a launch metaphor, a launch runway is the period of time before your launch where you imagine like the plane driving down the runway, right? It's kind of a mixed metaphor because honestly, spaceships and rockets don't drive down a runway before they launch, right? Like they are stationary, (laughs) they are on a platform and like locked down before they actually take flight. So it's a bit of a mixed metaphor, but imagine like a plane on a runway. A plane has to start driving down the runway and speeding up and getting to that speed before it takes off. The longer the runway, theoretically, the better it can take off. I think that's true. I don't know much about flying planes, but that's neither here nor there. And so the theory with that metaphor is that the longer you warm people up, the longer you get the launch going, the more momentum you have when the doors finally open. And I think that that's completely true, despite the fact that the metaphor of a launch being a rocket and not an airplane and rockets are stationary, but we're going to let that one go. Despite that, warming people up before you launch to them is just good marketing. And maybe you've experienced this in real time and then found yourself kind of frustrated about this fact in retrospect. And what I mean by that is the first time that you launched, maybe you had a really successful launch, but the second time you launched, it wasn't as successful. And if you've experienced this, it's likely because your audience was super warm the first time, but not as warm the second time because they had already gone through a launch with you. And so we spend all of this time building connection with our audience, right? Going live, talking to them, creating content for them, all before we launch anything to them. And the first time you launch something, those people are ready. They are in, they love you, they wanna see more. They hear that you have an offer for them and they are screaming, knocking down the doors, so excited to get in. And that's the massive momentum. But you run those people through your launch, get people in the door. Those are your raving fans and your clients and you have an amazing program. And then you go to launch again and it's a totally different story. It's like launching to a ghost town. And I see this happen a lot in this industry where people have a very successful first launch and then a less successful second launch And the reason is that with that first launch, they had all of that buildup, all of that time giving to their audience and warming them up before an offer. And they just assume that since they've offered something, they don't have to do that part anymore. And that would be like all of the buildup before you finally sleep with somebody And the first time is great, and then they don't date you anymore, and they just expect that you'll sleep with them emphatically anytime they feel like it. It's kind of like that, right? Like, you got to get them in the mood. You got to give a little. You got to love them a little bit to get them to that point where they were before. And that's exactly what a launch runway does, is it gets your audience To the point where they are craving what you have to offer before you ever offer it. And this is what sets you apart from other people who are having wildly successful launches, is they understand this dance, this foreplay, this buildup before the launch that makes such a big difference in the performance of your launches. And if this is something that you aren't doing consciously or are not spending your effort focusing on, then your launches are going to continue to be less and less and less successful because at the end of the day, you'll have a smaller and smaller and smaller pool of people to pull from. It's like that old statistics question. When you have eight marbles in a bag and you pull a couple of them out, the chances of getting good marbles There's less in the bag, right? This is a really weird mixed metaphor, but like the less you have in the bag, the less chances you have of pulling out good ones because there's less people, right? There's not as many people to pull from. So really bringing more people into your world before a launch and getting them to that place of being so excited to work with you is how you continue to build that momentum launch after launch, and not fizzle out with less and less and less conversions every time. So that is what a launch runway is. It is the period before your launch where you are intentionally giving to your audience, getting their buy-in, and really warming them up to be sold to. And not in a weird way, right? Not in like a way that makes them feel used, but a way that makes them feel like, yes, this person can help me. Yes, I want what they have to offer before they ever offer anything. In the third piece of this, I'm going to go more specifically into, okay, well, what exactly does that mean? And how do I do that? Because that's really important too, right? I can tell you it's the time before, but if I don't actually tell you how to do it, that's not that helpful. So the second piece of this is why it's so important. And I kind of went into that, but I want to touch on this even more specifically. It's so important because your audience has to have buy-in before they will join your program. And so many people who start businesses and have a really amazing offer and are a leading authority just like you we kind of have this expectation that that's enough, right? Don't they know who I am? I am the world's leading pet psychic. Of course they're going to buy from me. But if your audience has no idea who you are and they're not bought into your methodology and they don't have a pet even, like if they're not your aligned audience member, of course they're not going to buy from you, right? I love the metaphor or the cliche of like, you could be the world's juiciest peach, but there are still people who don't like peaches. And that has nothing to do with you. It just means that you got the wrong people in the room or the right people are there, but they're not ready to buy yet. And that's why this is so important because you're missing an opportunity to build that trust and authority and rapport with your audience before you launch to them. That can really make all the difference in your conversion rates. Going back to that launch I used as an example, not only did my revenue increase in that launch, my conversion rate increased. So in the $8,000 launch, I think I had an 8% conversion rate, which is great by industry standards. But in the $47,000 launch, I had an 11% conversion rate. So not only... Did I have more people buy, but a higher percentage of them bought? And it's because I used what I'm going to talk about today in a really strategic and effective way that enabled that to happen. And this is something that you can do every time you launch. And this is something you should do before you launch every single time. And by doing this strategically and really getting people's buy-in and getting them On board with what you're going to offer them before you ever offer them anything, that is how you scale your launches. If your launches are not scaling and they're not growing like they should be, this is probably what's missing. And that's why it's so important. So, how the heck do you do this? You're like, Jess, I got it. I need a runway. How do I do this? And that's what we're going to get into now. So your launch runway comes down to three specific pieces. And that is your messaging, your audience, and your launch. So the first one is your messaging. And if you listen to the podcast at all in the in the month of February, you heard all about messaging. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back. I talk all about creating content, creating messaging, and really speaking to your ideal client in a way that makes like creates desire and demand for your offers. But basically, your messaging is how you speak about your offer and how it relates to your ideal client's problem. Your ideal client needs to know that your offer is the solution to their problem and it's the best possible solution and you are the best possible person to deliver it. And you create that desire and that certainty in them with your messaging, in the content that you create, in how you talk on podcasts, how you show up online if you're on YouTube in your video content, in your stories, in your blogs, all over the internet, is your messaging. And your messaging is what builds that ecosystem and kind of moves people through this filter. And if you've never heard me use the analogy I'm about to run you through, um, I'm sorry, because it's such a good analogy, but it's a little long, so stick with me. Your messaging is like a gold mining machine. And I learned this or I discovered this by watching a show that my husband is obsessed with called Gold Rush. It's on the Discovery Channel. It's a total man show. It's about these miners up in the Yukon and they mine for gold. And of course I got sucked into this like all of his stupid man shows. And this one is particularly interesting. And basically they teach you or they show you how to mine gold. And the way that this works is At the center of this is this big machine called a wash plant. And the wash plant is what processes the dirt to separate the dirt from the gold. This is such a beautiful metaphor for client attraction and messaging that I'm gonna continue to use it even though it takes a little bit of walkthrough. So imagine this big machine and that is your messaging. And at the very top of this machine is a literal funnel And there's these bars over the top of it that keep out the biggest rocks. So the way that they mine dirt is they literally scoop up, or the way they mine gold, is they scoop up dirt and they put it into this machine. And at the top of the machine are these bars that keep out the biggest rocks, like boulders. Like you know there's no gold inside of a boulder. And so it keeps those out and occasionally it has to like flick off the really big ones. And that is the very top of your messaging. And this is what I talk about with polarizing beliefs. When you take a stand for a polarizing belief that is against the status quo and against the way that things have always been done, that is going to be the first filter of your audience and of your messaging. And so your, they're called grizzly bars, by the way. (laughs) Your polarizing belief is your grizzly bars. It lets the people in who subscribe to that belief, or at least who are curious about that belief. And it keeps out the people who completely disagree with you. A great example of a polarizing belief would be that hard work and hustle is not the secret to success. And so people who are like, "Uh, no, Grant Cardone is my God and I have to 10X my efforts in order to be successful, those people not resonating with that hard work and hustle thing, right? So they are not gonna make it through that first round of filters. And truly, I want to point out that the point of messaging is not to bring everybody through the whole way, right? The point of messaging is to get less and less and less people to the bottom. And it's because of the rest of this metaphor. Oh, we just got started. So the top is your polarizing belief, and that keeps the wrong people from coming into your gold mining wash plant. And as the rocks filter through this funnel, it goes through a series of filters and things that filter out the rocks that definitely don't have gold in them and keeps moving down the pay dirt, which is what it's called, that's most likely to have gold in it. And so it washes the dirt and it shakes it through these various size sieves and puts it through rollers and all of the things to clean the dirt. And to separate the big rocks and to allow the flecks of gold to make it to the bottom. And this is your messaging. This is your content. This is your what to do and your connection pieces and your thought reversal videos. This is the content that moves people through. And at every single phase, people are like, hmm, is this person my person? If yes, I'm going to keep moving down this wash plant. And if not, they go into the tailings pile, right? They fall off the side of your machine and they are not your ideal client. Great ways to move people through this are with audience builders like lead magnets, self-liquidating offers, different things like that, that really qualify your audience as they move through your messaging. And so by strategically placing these, you can start to narrow your list further and further and further until you get to the very bottom. So, That's your messaging. And at the very bottom of this wash plant, after all of the big boulders and all of the rocks and all of the pebbles are gone, you have what's called pay dirt. And it's this really fine dirt that is mixed with gold flecks. And if you've ever seen or ever like been to an old timey thing where like you get the rocks in the pan, or not the rocks necessarily, but like the dirt in the pan and you're trying to get the like pan for gold. This is that stuff at the bottom that like you think it's just dirt and then all of a sudden the light catches it and there's flecks of gold in it. And that makes it down to what's called a sluice box. (laughs) And your sluice box is your launch. This is the very bottom piece of the wash plant. And what it is, is it's like a filter thing that the rocks and dirt wash over. And because gold weighs more than dirt, it settles to the bottom and the dirt runs off the top, and that's how they get the gold out of it. And so that is your launch, right? You run everybody through this final filter, the dirt goes off the side, and the gold settles to the bottom, and those are your perfect clients. And I want to point out that I love this analogy for a lot of reasons, one besides the fact that it's very belabored. so thank you for sticking with me through like seven and a half minutes of explaining this. but I think it's a really beautiful visual because they have to put in like a hundred tons of dirt to get one ounce of gold. That's crazy. a hundred tons of dirt to get one ounce of gold. but one ounce of gold is worth money. And a 100 tons of dirt is not. And it's not until you filter it through this system that it becomes valuable. And if you're not running your audience through this kind of a system, through strategic content and audience builders and different things to keep qualifying them as they come into your launch, then you're missing an opportunity to really filter out the gold at the bottom. Because here's the thing that they don't tell you. If you skip any of those steps, if you don't wash the rocks and you don't get them through, like if you don't clean it to the very bottom, or if something breaks in your plant and like pebbles make it all the way down or boulders make it on your conveyor belt, God forbid, It can screw up the whole thing, right? You can rip a conveyor belt and then gold goes everywhere and you're losing valuable people off the side of your wash plant because people got in who were not meant to be the right people. This is a very mixed metaphor right now, but I hope you're staying with me. If you are not moving people through and you're skipping steps, then the wrong people are gonna make it deeper than they should, and that will prevent the right people from filtering out. So you might be thinking, oh, well, I don't need to have an audience builder, and I don't need to qualify them, and gosh, just, this sounds like really hard. Well, how is that working out for you? <laughs> are these people converting? If they're not the right people, they're just not going to convert. And so it's really important to go through this process, because yes, as you are filtering people out and washing the dirt, You are also building relationships with people, building that authority and rapport and making them feel like they want to be a part of something. And that's the difference. It's who they become along the journey of going through your launch runway, as well as how they become qualified as leads for your launch. So the only, the best people are making it down to your launch, and so they can then Either run off and be like, nope, this isn't for me or settle to the bottom and be that gold and become those clients who are the perfect people for your offer, which at the end of the day, that's who you want, right? You want the people who are the most qualified and the best possible people in your programs because when the right people are in your offer, they get the best results. And I think we've all experienced or maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is, (laughs) having the wrong people who make it into your offer. And maybe there was some convincing involved and maybe there was like situations around that sale that didn't feel entirely empowered But at the end of the day, they end up not getting the best results or really like struggling through the program because they weren't the right people anyway. Because of scarcity, you were so afraid to wash them off in like the top of the funnel that you're like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. They can make it all the way down. And they're the ones clinking around and like tearing up the conveyor belts and completely messing up the machine because you were afraid to filter them out in the beginning. And then they end up not being ideal clients and the rest is history, right? And so this is what your messaging does. And through this process of creating messaging that speaks to your ideal client, builds that authority, trust, and rapport, removes the roadblocks that they might be holding them back from saying, yes, all of these things that I talk about in messaging When you build this, it brings the right people into your launch. And that's the second thing, the second piece of this. So first is your messaging. The second is your audience and making sure that you are pitching to the right people at the right offer at the right time. And this is really an important piece of this whole metaphor is really the people that you bring into it. And like I said, starting with a polarizing belief and really weeding people out at the very top that you're like, this is what I take a stand for. I take a stand against this status quo and I take a stand for what I believe is better. And when you do that, you get people who are like, nope, I don't agree with that, and they walk away. Or you get people who are like, oh my God, yes, I have been struggling so much with what everybody else is teaching. Finally, somebody is saying it right. And it's those people who are going to make it to the bottom to your sluice box. Those are the people who are going to be the people who are more likely to get great results with your program because they're already bought in. They're not fighting with their belief system that are like, are you sure? Hard work and hustle don't work because that's what I've been doing my whole life. You don't have to get them to buy in. They're already bought in. They already believe in your methodology. They already see things with your perspective. You don't have to convince them that they have the problem that you then are trying to solve for them. And when you skip that step and you get people who know that they have the problem that you solve and are ready to have it solved for them, you have a much better group of people going through your launch, which leads to a much better group of people in your program, which means that you get much better results. And so by qualifying your audience at a few key points, you can really do this strategically. So like I said, the top piece of audience funneling is your polarizing belief in your messaging because that's when people really come into you. The second piece of this is with an audience qualifier. A lot of people call this a freebie, which it is, but that also doesn't really speak to the actual purpose of it, which is to qualify your audience. And so instead of randomly creating freebies that are like, oh, I could totally create a freebie on this, think about the end that you have in mind and what is the carrot that will attract the ideal rabbit for that end. And this is something I talked about a couple episodes ago, but it's so important. And this is kind of how you put all of this together into a launch runway. And so when you create an audience qualifier and you put it out there, the people who are like, ooh, I want that carrot, you know they're your rabbit. Because instead of randomly creating a freebie that's like, ooh, marketing calendar, I'm gonna tell you everything to post for 365 days. You create something that's actually strategic and attracts your ideal client at the end of it so that when they opt into it, you're like, yes, that person has the problem that I'm solving and they are qualifying themselves as a hotter lead or a more aligned client. So they make it one step further down the gold machine. So the next step from that, cause that would be a free audience qualifier is some kind of low priced offer. And this is often called a tiny offer, a self-liquidating offer. You can call it whatever you want, but some kind of buy-in another thing that people call it, or at least used to, it's kind of old school now is a tripwire, right? It's that low hanging thing that your ideal clients trip over, I think is actually where that came from. And what it is, is it's a low cost, easy hell yes offer for the right person. And so you're creating this carrot that attracts a rabbit with your audience qualifier, with that freebie, but way more strategic than just like a normal freebie with your qualifier. And then you're hitting them with a buyer's qualifier, right? You're hitting them with a low ticket investment that qualifies them as a buyer. Now you can do this in a few different ways. You can do this with a resource like a checklist. You can do this with a mini course. You can do this even by having a paid challenge or having a VIP paid option with your challenge. There's so many ways that you can do this even like a masterclass, but getting some buy-in before your actual launch will heavily qualify people as aligned people for your launch. So throw it back to the example, in the $47,000 launch, I did this. I mean, I did all of these things. That's kind of the point. But I did a VIP buy-up for my challenge. So you could either join the challenge for free or join the challenge as a VIP, and there were some perks to that. I had 6% of people who opted in to the challenge buy up to the VIP, which ended up being 76 people, something like that, 75, 76. And of those 76 people, 65% of them converted to purchasing the program, 65%. So 11% of the people overall converted, but 65% of my buyers converted. And that's a lot more. And so if you can get more buyers into your launch and focus instead of growing a list of freebie hunters and growing a list of like lukewarm leads, if you can get a list of more buyers, you can massively increase your launches by just getting that next step of buy-in. And so by having that, I was able to convert 65% of those people into purchasers, which then tells me that getting that first level of buy-in is incredibly important to people purchasing down the road. So you need an audience qualifier, which is a free resource that is the carrot to the bunny that is gonna be your ideal client. Now we're in like six different metaphors here. Hope you're with me. And then second, you need a purchase point in there that qualifies them as buyers. And buyers have a much higher conversion rate into your final offer. As long as you do it strategically. I mean, don't, if you're, going to be silly about it and not have a purchase that directly relates to the rabbit that you want to get into this program, then I can't help you, right? But as long as it's a strategic next step down the machine, then they are going to be more aligned people to join your program, and so at the bottom of this, so the third piece of this is your launch mechanism, right? It's your challenge, it's your workshop, it's your webinar, it's whatever that is, video series if you're fancy. Um, but that is the last piece of this is to get people to buy into your launch. And really your launch, your launch mechanism is the most important piece here because that's the thing that's going to do the selling for your offer, And so when people are looking at their launch list or when people are looking at their launch debrief and they're looking at their numbers, I break this down really on a micro level because I think it matters. There's going to be the number of people who opted into your audience qualifier and then the number of people who opted into your buyer and then the number of people who opted into your launch and then the number that did all three. And truly the number that did all three is going to be your warmest list of people. And you should be tagging and tracking this and you'll see that that group of people is gonna be the smallest, obviously, because the least number of people are going to do all of those things. However, that number of people, the highest number, percentage of them will convert. And that's not... By mistake. That's by design because those are the people who are the warmest going through this system who are the most likely to purchase from you. And so, if you know that's true, right? If you know that people who are qualified, who are buyers, and who go through your launch mechanism are far more likely to convert, like what was that? 6% more likely to convert in that one launch example, 11% for. Just people who opted into the launch mechanism versus 65% of people who opted into the buy and the launch mechanism for me. If I know that they're six times more likely to purchase if they opt into that one step, you bet your butts I'm going to be pushing that step much earlier. And I'm going to be trying to grow that list of people because I know that the more people who do that and go through my launch are more likely to purchase. And I can increase my conversion rates by increasing the number of people who purchase that audience, that buyer qualifier. So That's your audience and your launch is the next step of this. But by qualifying your audience down the road, yes, you're gonna be launching to a smaller number, but numbers don't matter unless it's the number of buyers. And so really looking at how do I increase my conversion rates by qualifying this group even more and making it even tighter to be a part of, but ultimately growing that as you scale That is how you get even more people to purchase your program. And so third is your launch. And it's that launch mechanism that you're really running people through. And that most important piece of your launch mechanism is your messaging. And so we're back at the top. And so really making sure that your messaging is creating that desire and demand for your offer. The biggest mistake I see people make in their launch mechanism is teaching. Don't do that. Do not teach during your free challenge. Do not teach on your webinar. Do not teach in your video series. Stop it. It is not there for you to teach. That's what your program is for. And honestly, if you can teach people what you teach them in your program in three days, then you need to beef up your program. Then it wasn't worth the money anyway. And so your job is not to cram an entire program's worth of content into three days or five days or however long your challenge is or your webinar or whatever, your launch mechanism. Your job is to create desire and demand for your offer. It is to explain to them and not convince them, but shift their perspective to that of, I have a problem. They should already know that, right? Coming into this, they know they have the problem. Please do not try to do this in your launch mechanism. And Jess is the best person to solve it. And her program is the best answer to do that, right? Positioning you as the best person to solve it. That's creating authority and rapport and positioning your offer as the best possible solution to that problem. That's what your launch mechanism should do, is it should create and highlight that gap between where they are and where they want to be, and fill that gap with your pretty face, and how you are the solution to get from one side of the river to the other side of the river. And you do that by future pacing them, by talking about, like, how things are now, what it should be like when they have this solved, why it's important, how your program helps them do that. You paint the roadmap of your solution and your methodology. And like, I will teach you how to jump, jump, jump across the river with my ABC formula. Like that is how you create that desire and demand for your offer in your launch is by helping them see that, hey, there's a river here and you need to get across it and my offer and I am the best possible solution to getting across that river. Because if people don't think that your program can help them and that you are the best person to do it, they're not gonna buy it. When was the last time that you bought a program that you weren't sure that the program could solve your problem and that the person was the best possible person to teach it to you? We just don't do that, right? People want the best. They're not looking for not the best. They're not gonna say, hmm, that guy doesn't seem to know what he's talking about and that program definitely doesn't solve my problem. Take my money. That's just not how we think, right? We want the best possible person and the best possible program to solve our problem and your launch is there to make the case that yours is. And that is not by teaching, And this is something I could go way more into and probably will in future episodes. Like how, then what do you talk about if you're not teaching? Which is such a great question and one that I have answered for many of my clients. And I really go into the structure of that in my mini course, The Challenge Fix. But really understanding the nuance of how to create desire and demand without teaching is very important. And that's a launch runway, right? It's your messaging. It's how you qualify your audience and it is the actual launch mechanism. And when you do these things right, that is how you scale your launch. Now, before you're like over here freaking out, like, oh my God, I have to do all of this before my next launch. I launch in three weeks, just what? Just focus on the ones that you can focus on. If it's too late to launch an audience qualifier, skip it. If it's too late to launch a self-liquidating offer, skip it. Focus on what you can focus on now and really nail the messaging of your launch so that the people who do get into your launch can be qualified as buyers by helping them see that your offer is the best possible solution to their problem. And then your next launch, start setting this up. Start building that messaging that creates that desire and demand. Ask, what is the polarizing belief that I'm taking a stand for that. I know that if you buy into this, that you are my ideal client, that you see that there is a better way of doing things and I'm gonna show you how. They don't have to know how, but they have to buy into the belief that you are taking a stand for and just move them right through that and go listen to this again and take some notes and (laughs) build this out so that you can get people through this process into your launch who are more bought in or more likely to buy your offer. So by the way, I created a really cool launch checklist that breaks down all of the tasks you need to do before you launch in the super fancy spreadsheet that auto-populates the due dates according to your launch date. I got real fancy on the Google Docs the other day, and it's really, really cool. And it's something that I'm using for my own launches, and that's why I built it. And then I was like, ooh, I should totally share this with you guys. And because you are listeners of the podcast, you're gonna get it for just $9. So go to jessoconnell.com slash checklist and use the code podcast at checkout to save 20 bucks and start building your launch runway with the exact list of steps you need in order to make that happen. By the way, also, <laughs> if you have a burning question for me, and maybe after listening to this episode, you do, we now have this super fancy voice mailbox where you can ask them for a chance to get it answered on a future episode. So go to thelaunchfixpodcast.com and click on the little microphone in the corner for all the details. It'll tell you exactly what to say, how to phrase it so that I know who you are and what your question is, and we will share those recordings in future episodes and answer your question. By the way, you do not want to miss next week's episode. I am going even deeper into specifically how I was able to scale that $8,000 launch into a $47,000 launch. And I am sharing how now it is making at least $10,000 a month profit on Evergreen. This is a system I set up in February that is crushing it. And I'm so excited to share it with you. If you want to scale your online program, then you do not want to miss the secrets that I am sharing next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you in our next episode.